You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Philadelphia right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're so glad that you've joined us here today. Uh, We're also proud to be an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And so uh, we are all glad that you are joining us today for the Press Zone Philly. I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined each and every week by our tremendous editor-in-chief, who also happens to be my wonderful co-host and that is rick stevens good afternoon to you sir good afternoon to you how are you i'm doing fine the nhl regular season is in its final week can you believe it mm-hmm. and some some <laughs> some are already done well yes like the flyers garbage bag day is that what they call it mm. clean out your lockers it was something of a garbage day <laughs> we're going to talk about that okay Ooh. All right. Yeah, so, you know, um, NHL regular season is winding down. AHL regular season is winding down. Um, Playoffs are going to get started, which finally feels about, like it feels right for the calendar that the NHL playoffs are finally going to get started because we're normally in the midst of the playoffs by now. Uh, You know, baseball's going strong. Uh, Basketball's winding down, heading towards playoffs as well. Um, Just lots happening with, with sports right now. Um, it's a great time of year. It is. In fact, uh, big names are headlining this weekend's uh, UFC 262 card uh, from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. Uh, no shortage of action. Uh, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of US- UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. You bet $1 on select fighters, and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry, if MMA isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet 
and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Remember to use that promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Absolutely. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Remember your friends uh, here at the Press Zone when you <laughs> win right. big. <laughs> Could use the donation. That's right. <laughs> well, um, you know... Um, Philadelphia Flyers could use an awful lot. Uh, we're going to talk. I should I should mention what we're going to talk about today before we get into the, into the Flyers. Of course, the first segment we are going to talk about the Flyers. They have officially finished the 2020-21 season, so we're going to talk about how it ended. Uh, talk about some young prospects. Talk about some new guys who got signed. Uh, talk about the annual team award winners, and we're going to briefly take a look at uh, exit day today, which was. Um, some of it went as expected. Some of it was a little, huh? Uh, oh, okay. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, and then in our second segment, we'll focus on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, as they come down the stretch, they're still fighting. They're still fighting to try to get that division championship away from Hershey, who's currently in first place. So we'll talk about how they've looked this past week. And then, of course, in the third segment, we go around the AHL. Plenty of news for us to talk to you about there. Um, After we introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, lots of shaken up things kind of happening in the AHL this past week. Big changes coming for the league next year uh, from Vancouver with some big announcements, New Jersey with some big announcements, both for their affiliates, uh, as well as the New York Islanders with some big announcements for their affiliate in Bridgeport. So we will cover all of that, plus a pretty fun feel-good finale related to uh, one of the the newer top prospects in the NHL. Uh, so you don't want to miss a second of it. Mm. So for the Flyers, let's um, let's start with a couple of good things. All right. First good thing, Cam York got called up, made his NHL debut, and looked pretty darn good. Pretty good, yeah. Um, Cam York uh, has not looked out of place at all in Lehigh Valley. Uh, he has been contributing. He's been he's had an offensive touch. Uh, he's been a very solid defenseman uh, and and certainly um, looking quite comfortable. Uh, skates very well. Scott Gordon's been very complimentary of, of Cam York, uh, so much so that he did earn a call-up to the big club, made his debut, and those... Uh, all of those attributes transitioned quite nicely to the NHL game. Um, you know, York said, obviously, he noticed coming from the AHL to the NHL, uh, that the guys were even bigger and even faster. He said, you know, he was guys on the fourth line, um, you know, opponents on, on an, an opponent's fourth line were doing things that he would expect first line guys to do. So, uh, he, that was a, a very quick adjustment for him, but, um, you know, we saw guys, we saw guys like our friend Bill Meltzer talking about how he, he looked comfortable out there. Um, looked responsible, uh, doing, you know, playing smart defense, uh, playing the puck well, um, 
just did not look out of place at all. So uh, I think it's a good start for Cam York. Um, we'll see what he does over the summer and into training camp in the fall, but uh, a nice debut for Cam York. And he'll have the opportunity to, to get uh, stronger over over the off season, mm-hmm. and um, and could he compete for one of yeah, maybe York and Zamula might be competing for one of the spots on the third line uh, for the Flyers, uh, or you know there's uh, plenty of opportunity for him to spend a bit more time in in uh, Lehigh Valley, and and uh, all options are open for him next season. Absolutely. Speaking of. Um prospects and and young players uh, up and coming. Uh, Some more good news was that uh, the Flyers signed two prospects to their entry-level contracts. Uh, That would be Elliot Denoyer, a left winger currently playing for the Halifax Mooseheads in the QMJHL. Uh, He was a fifth-round pick uh, this past year in 2020. Um, And also Ollie Lixell, um, centerman, who this past year played for Fjarstad uh, in the Swedish Hockey League, uh, a sixth rounder from 2017. Uh, so both of them have been signed to their ELCs. So we've got uh, got some more up-and-comers coming. It's pretty exciting. Taking care of business and getting those guys under contract and, and uh, so that they can continue um, as prospects in the organization. Absolutely. So the other good news, uh, the Flyers ended their season with a win. Oh, can you believe that? Nothing wrong with that. Uh, in fact, a couple of wins. Uh, Alex Lyon backstopped them to a nice win uh, the other night, and Brian Elliott uh, got it done for them uh, last night in their season finale. Um, really glad to see. I, I think, if nothing else, I think that's the best that the Flyers at this point could have asked for, that they ended the season at least on a positive note. They they managed to put together a couple of wins even after the games didn't mean any, anything anymore, uh, even after they had been eliminated. Uh, they had uh, they were playing some, some much sounder-looking hockey, more complete, more consistent-looking hockey. There were still obviously issues, um, but to put together a couple of wins against the Devils and I believe it was the Capitals, um, that's something... You can at least pat yourself on the back for that. So, feel good way to end this season, for sure. Um, that means also that uh, some award winners and nominees have come out. Uh, this year's Flyers 2021 Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy Award nominee is Oscar Lindblom. I can think of no one better deserving of that this year, Rick. I agree, and uh, of course, all of the nominees, each team. Uh, nominates someone and they, they a player and they go into uh, uh, be voted on and I think that Oscar has a, a very good chance of of taking the award itself. I think so too, and I think he I think that would be a very I think that would be a very appropriate gesture uh, for him to win that award uh, this season. In fact, in his exit interview today, he said, you know, he was just he was so grateful to be able to play hockey this season, and that obviously, you know because of his treatments leading up to to training camp in the season that he wasn't in his best physical condition, but that he's really excited to have a kind of a normal off season and really get ready for next season. Uh, so, um, you know, just want 
all good things for Oscar Lindblom in this nomination is certainly right there along with it. Uh, so the team announced their internal award winners yesterday as well. Um, Ivan Provorov winning his second consecutive Barry Ashby trophy, which is awarded to the top defenseman uh, on the team. And I would say, Rick, for a team that had a lot of defensive struggles this year, I think Provy's pretty deserving of this award. I, I would say, uh, you know, consistency was certainly an inch an issue on the back end. Um, but of them, Provorov was a steady force through all that. I mean, he had his struggles as well. Um, but I think Ivan Provorov certainly deserved to win this for the second year in a row. On the exit day, he said that he thinks that he had a solid season. And uh, and that came, you know, without him having a, a true uh, number one uh, partner beside him. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, there, there, there are things to clean up, but uh, and and consistency is one. Uh, but uh, a pretty solid season, both uh, in his eyes and and I'm sure uh, in terms of the organization. That whole of Niskanen not next to him. Uh, many players in their exit interviews said today that uh, Niski's hole was bigger than they anticipated it being, and that they didn't do a good job of filling it. They understand that. So. Um, Congratulations. Now, now Kevin Hayes said, uh, let's not blame it all on that. <laughs> there were well, some no. there were some other things to go around, but but yeah. yes, um, certainly a lot uh, bigger than than uh, they expected. Absolutely. Um, keeping in mind too that the the Barry Ashby Trophy is voted on by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters. Um, so congratulations to Ivan Provorov. Uh, a congratulations goes to Joel Farabee. He's been awarded this year's Pelly Lindbergh Memorial Trophy as the most improved player. Um, that is voted on by the team. Um, so I think that is a tremendous nod to Joel Farabee, and I completely agree with his teammates. Uh, Joel Farabee came just shy. He scored his 19th goal of the season last night. It would have been so wonderful to see him get a 20-goal year in this crazy shortened season, but I I think he will take 19. Uh, he's been exceptional uh, for the Flyers and and one of their better offensive producers and and sparks of energy up front this season. As far as most improved, I, I you know this this particular award I don't think was close. Um, no, with all due respect, and and um, and and yes, he was able to reach that that twenty goal mark, um, and uh, in in fifty five games played, and uh, that that's uh, uh, quite an accomplishment. And and if you prorate it, um, you know maybe maybe that turns out to be twenty six uh, between twenty five and thirty goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's on track for that. Hopefully, uh, if he can uh, repeat next season. Uh, Vigneault even mentioned today that of all of the young players on the team, um, he critically did say that he uh, was a bit disappointed by the by the you know progression of a, a good portion of the young por- parts of the roster, with the exception of Joel Farabee. He said he felt that Farabee had a very very solid season. Um, Claude Giroux, of course, walks away with the Toyota Cup award. Um, this is his seventh time winning the Toyota Cup uh, as the flyer who accumulated the most points associated with being selected as one of the three stars of the game. Um, kind of no surprise there. Uh, it's the seventh time, seventh time that Clothes walked away with that one. Uh, and uh, the captain certainly deserving, deserving of that. So congrats to him. Um 
the Gene Hart of Memorial Award is always given to the player who demonstrates the most heart during the season. It's voted on by members of the Flyers fan club. Uh, I do not think that anyone will um, bat an eyelash to see that Sean Couturier uh, has won that this year. Um, you know, Sean Couturier has also been a very big backbone of this organization. And you saw how much he was missed by the team when he was out with injury. They struggled mightily, and his, and he made a very uh, immediate impact as soon as he came back from his injury. Um, he plays with a lot of heart. He plays very hard. Um, and I, th- I think he's very deserving of the Gene Hart Memorial Award. Missed 11 games this uh, this season, um, yet uh, was just a couple of points away from uh, from leading the team in scoring. So, uh, obviously, um, uh, was, was missed and, and, uh, and a very crucial part of the, the organization. Absolutely. And in fact, the winning did not start, stop for Coots there, uh, as voted on by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters. He also has won his third consecutive Bobby Clark trophy, which makes him the team MVP for the year. Uh, he really was a workhorse for the team. Uh, as you say, he was very close to being the scoring leader. Um, but his just his leadership in general, uh, he is such a presence on the team, both on the ice and off the ice and, uh, very, very deserving to, uh, take home the Bobby Clark once again. So those were all very positive things. Um, but it does mean that the Flyer season is over. Uh, they're done, cleaned out their lockers today, uh, and exit interviews happened today. And there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of guys not sure if they've played their last game, uh, who've said they will wait and see how the offseason works out. You know, uh, James Van Riemsdyk was was asked about the potential to be to be lost to the expansion draft. Um Scott Lawton was asked the same thing. Gostas Bear, uh, you know, potentially could be exposed as well. Um, there are going to be inevitably some familiar faces in in this Philadelphia lineup who will not be back in the fall, um, which makes it always a, a, a bit bittersweet. Um, you know, Claude Giroux said that he's got his own thoughts on what went wrong this season, that he's going to have a private conversation with Elaine Vigneault about. Um and there's a lot of guys who said, you know, we just we there was there were things that went wrong and we need to be better. Um, I think probably the more interesting part of today's exit interviews was was the coaching and management interviews to, to kick things off today. Um, Elaine Vigneault and Chuck Fletcher addressed the media together um, and they didn't talk for all that long. Um, Chuck Fletcher, you know, said he has of course full confidence in in Vigneault and what he's doing um and acknowledged that in the off season the defense has to be something that that Fletcher has to make a priority I uh, did mention that he's going to look at the goaltending situation as well now granted Vigneault and and all practically all of his teammates all said that they all expect uh, Carter Hart will rebound just fine and that he will he'll come back in top shape next year and be and be fine. Um, but Brian Elliott um, is a free agent after after this year. Um, I don't know that they're going to bring Brian Elliott back again. If they run into another issue where Carter Hart has to have any time out, you saw that Brian Elliott, you know, got tired after a while. He's he wasn't he wasn't 
signed to play that kind of a workload. Uh, so Rick, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, as far as a, a Carter Hart tandem moving forward, but it is something that Chuck Fletcher mentioned today. And looking probably for, a, a, as you, you alluded to, a, a, a younger backup for Carter Hart mm-hmm. uh, that they can play. And, you know, yes, the expectation is that Carter Hart will return to form. Uh, had a particularly uh, poor year this year and, and, and just couldn't recover once he got into that, uh, that spiral. Um, it, it's tough for, for players of his age, um, who haven't, haven't, didn't have, uh, uh, a lot of time in the AHL to work through that or to, uh, to experience, uh, lows as, as well as highs. And it's, and it's working through those lows and knowing how to do that and, and keeping the, you know, uh, uh, a st- strong uh, mental uh, state to, to, to get through that, that uh, is something that needs to be learned. And, and he just didn't have time the way he was bumped up through the levels. And, and uh, the, the organization needs to uh, support him there with probably a younger backup. Elaine Vigneault has been saying for the last couple of weeks that he has a theory on why things didn't go well this season, that he was going to wait till after the season was over to talk about it. And I have to say, uh, I think his his reasonings that he came out with today are going to go over pretty much like a lead balloon uh, in Philadelphia and practically around the and quite honestly around the league as well. Uh, he had two big points that he made, uh, one of which was he felt that most likely um, the bulk of his Canadian-based players on the team uh, probably didn't show up uh, to start the season in as best in the best condition that they could have because the COVID-19 restrictions and protocols in Canada throughout the offseason were extremely strict and extremely tight and very difficult for guys uh, to get gym time or ice time to stay in shape. I'll get back to that in a minute because, wow. Um, and then follow that up with something we've heard him talk about before, and that is the uh, shortage of practice days for the team that probably since their COVID shutdown in March, um, in early March, they probably had like two or three practice days in the last couple of months. Um and says that with such a young roster, that's an exceptionally an issue because the younger players who don't have as much experience really need uh, structured practice time to to learn and learn from their mistakes and 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 kind of get into that muscle memory thing. So um, I don't know that either of those reasonings for the failures of the Flyers this season are going to go over very well. Um, in the first instance, uh, every team in the NHL has Canadian-based players, so every Canadian-based player f- had to figure it out one way or another. They all had that disadvantage of not being able to have as many options for their off-ice workouts um, and 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 even on-ice workouts in the off-season. Um, so I don't know how far that's going to fly. And frankly, every other team that ran into COVID-19 protocol restrictions and shutdowns also had a very condensed schedule and had a bare minimum of practice days. Um, Rick, we even saw in in the player exit interviews then, guys were starting to push back against that. Kevin Hayes said, uh, you know, every team dealt with that kind of stuff. We can't use that in as, as an excuse. Konechny said the same thing. We can't use that in as, as an excuse. Every team faced that kind of stuff. So... 
I'm not sh- that this is the one time where I have to look at Elaine Vigneault and say, I don't know that that's I, <laughs> I don't think that that's the solid reason you want to come out with for why the Philadelphia Flyers couldn't put it together. Well, it's 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 just so peculiar because um, it's not just something that he thought up on uh, the spur of the moment. Because uh, he's been hinting at this for for weeks that yes, I have a theory, but I'm not going to reveal it till the end of the season. Um, so he's had a chance to think this through, and and for you know him and uh, and and Fletcher seems on board too for the two of them to talk about it and and uh, bat that around a bit and say no, you know, um, because any kind of pushback today that they got. Um, they they seem to lean further into it, uh, you know this this business about Canadian players are you know put we're at a disadvantage and and that put the team at a disadvantage. Well, um, somebody had to somebody sitting around with them had to say, well, other teams have Canadian players too, and I, I, you know in the the practice days and and uh, when when your own players can't even bring themselves to support what you're saying. Um, that's, that's kind of a lame excuse. I, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that, that uh, it was allowed to go this far. And, and, you know, he, he acted as if he had this nugget, he had the, uh, the answer, the Holy Grail to present it. And, and it, and what came out, you know, is, I, I don't know, it, it, um, it made them look a little bit silly because mm-hmm. of, you saw the, the 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 way the players reacted, the way their media reacted, and the way fans reacted. They, I, I think, the entire media on the call just immediately all virtually looked around at their colleagues and said, on Twitter at least, um, "Really, that's that's the reason you're going to give? Seriously, are you serious?" Um, and then it got weirder because then their press conference ended rather. Not, I don't want to say abruptly, but there were still apparently reporters that had their hands raised in the virtual call with questions, and the Flyers just ended the press conference without getting to everyone's questions, which on exit day is a little weird. Yeah, typically those uh, media availabilities go a, 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 a long, long time. time. Yeah, and and most of the questions they they answer and and make sure all the questions are answered. It's it's um, particularly when the two of them were to were together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's I mean it happens, but but it it's it's not usual. Um, so the whole thing was rather odd. Well, then it got weirder because then Dave Scott came to the microphone and. He had a prepared statement and gave that. And then he took questions for maybe five minutes and was out of there. Um, And again, media on the call were saying, uh, I still had my hand raised. Like, this is Dave Scott. This is this is the president. This is I mean, like, this is this is the top guy. You come out, you, you know, as someone I'm. Forgive me, I don't remember which media member pointed this out on Twitter, but he gave an exclusive long-form sit-down one-on-one interview with the Philadelphia Inquirer recently, but he comes to to the media's exit day interview of uh, media availability, and he spends six minutes there and doesn't, and and not even everybody gets to ask a question. I mean, really, really bizarre on the management side of things today. Um, 
and appeared that his purpose was to throw his support behind uh, Fletcher, Fletcher and, and Vigno and uh-huh. say what a good fit they are, what a good fit they are together, what a good fit they are for the um, organization, and that we're all uh, aligned with the vision and 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 um, and and then not want to to defend that, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, it's almost like between the three of them, they didn't want to have to get grilled too much on this season. And I'm sorry, but that's that's the whole point of Exit Day. You've got to answer for the season, whether you have the answers or not. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if 45 minutes into into it that it was just starting to get to be a grind. But to have like a 10-minute press conference and then bolt, I, I just... It was just weird, and I think all of the media agreed it was weird this morning until the players showed up. Um, yeah, it was. I, I don't know. And I don't think it leaves anybody with a good feeling necessarily. Um, so the off season officially begins. Um, Chuck Fletcher has a big uh, to do list on his plate for this summer, um, and after having a pretty quiet offseason last year he needs to be active trades need to be made he needs to be active in free agency and they have to draft well um because they you know the flyers coming into the start of this season on paper had there were high expectations for this team and quite frankly they should have lived up to those expectations um, the fact that not only did they not live up to the expectations, but they fell far from grace and had one of the worst seasons that fans have witnessed in years um, is a lot to be concerned about. So something has to change in the offseason, and they have got to be able to write this ship next season, or there is going to be major fallout. Well, for them, you know, particularly after taking steps uh, last year in, in the bubble and in the playoffs and uh, expectations were really high. Um, you, you saw the, the power rankings that came out before the, you know, the Flyers were in the top 10, mm-hmm. uh, some in the top five and, and uh, for them to finish 19th overall. Um, well, with that's where they sit now, but they're going to be in that range. Um, it's it's really really disappointing. Um, you know the good part of it is that you 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 see the the uh, the 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 players don't seem to um, they're all kind of enthusiastic for next year and mm-hmm. and uh, I think they think that this was kind of just a one off and they're they're ready to get back and and uh, um, you know the the They've each taken kind of personal victories. Sam Moran talked about getting through the season healthy. That was his personal victory, um, which is a big one for him. <laughs> it is, um, and and uh, uh, you know Carter Hart talked about um, his practice habits got better. Um, he talked about you know now he's he's figured out that he has to, in his words, work his nuts off in practice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a kid has a way with words, I'm and saying. and so they they all um, you know Gostas Beer f- felt like uh, this was a good season for him to get back into form, and it was actually w- whether whether he comes back to the organization or not, he can. Uh, if personally, it was it was a season to to regain uh, his his uh, his game. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, there I, I think. 
I think the players are are taking um, uh, the season uh, a little bit better and looking forward to next season. But it's up to the management to uh, put the pieces in place that we're that we're 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 really missing this year. Absolutely. So the offseason begins, Flyers fans, but don't worry, uh, the offseason, there really is no off in the offseason as far as Rocket Sports and the press zone. So don't consider this to be, you know, oh, we're going to sign off from the press zone from here on out. That is not going to be the case. We are going to continue as we do every year. Uh, we don't take time off. Uh, maybe we'll take a week or two off in the summer at some point uh, just for some a little bit of R&R, but a, a other than that, we are here every week. There is going to be plenty of news to talk to you about uh, related to the Flyers, related to the NHL, related to you name it, uh, the AHL. So we will be here every single week just because the Flyers have cleaned out their lockers. We're just getting started. This is, you know, the off season is where we get into the, the meat and potatoes of hockey coverage, really. Uh, all of the stuff that we don't have time to get to during the grind of the regular season with games happening, uh, particularly in a condensed schedule season like this one was. So uh, we've got lots coming for you. We've got some tremendous interviews coming for you in the off season, exclusive interviews that you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, you're not going to want to miss a minute of that. So make sure you are subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, the Flyers may be done for the season, but we are just getting started for the year. So on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are still in game action. Their regular season isn't over yet, and we'll get you caught up on all of their news right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone Philly right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, and be sure you're following us on Twitter, two places, 
at the Flyers Report, first and foremost. Uh, at the Flyers Report on Twitter, that's where you'll find our live game coverage for Flyers games and Phantoms games, uh, as well as Flyers-related news. Uh, so you don't want to miss out on any of that. Be sure you're following at the Flyers Report. But then also be sure you're following at the AHL Report. Uh, that is where you will find our game recaps for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and other general AHL news that, uh, frankly, hockey fans want to know. So be sure you're following us at the Flyers Report, at the AHL Report. And speaking of the AHL, this segment is dedicated to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, And, you know, it's been been a pretty decent season for the Phantoms. Um, As we know, there are no playoffs for their division. Uh, So when they are finished the regular season on Sunday, which is their last regular season game, uh, that will be it for them for this year. But they are still in contention to take the division championship. They are trailing Hershey at the moment. The Bears do have that top spot in the points percentage race. Um, But Lehigh Valley, I believe, still has a slight mathematical chance. Uh, You know, they have to win their last three three games. Hershey's probably got to trip themselves up, uh, you know, so it's it's not just all in the hands of the Phantoms. But uh, there is still something on the line for them to be fighting for, Rick. as far as as last week, it was a bit of kind of like the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, it was a it was a kind of a an up and down week after dropping two games uh, the prior weekend. They had a great bounce back game on Wednesday night at home uh, against Hershey. Uh, the 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 young guns added again. Cam York, Tyson Forrester were pretty much the stars of the show. Zane McIntyre had a very good performance as well. Uh, in fact, York played so well that uh, that was the night that he earned his call up to the NHL uh, after that game was over. Um, if you head over to ahlreport.com, you can hear uh, my post-game interviews with Cam York and Tyson Forrester as well as Scott Gordon. Um, you know, it was... Um, I think it's I think it's really encouraging, Rick, to see that you know yes, um, you know Captain Cal O'Reilly has has been uh, pretty active. Chris Muller's been been uh, a, a key as well. But the young guys for the Phantoms are really have really been a catalyst this year, and I think it's pretty darn encouraging. Yeah, when you look at the the point standings for the team to to look and see a Tyson Forrester up there and and um, Zade Wisdom and and mm-hmm. and others, the the young uh, players have have really propelled uh, both the enthusiasm and the points production, and and uh, it's been a great season for them. Um, it's it's going to be real difficult, a big challenge uh, for uh, Lehigh Valley to 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 take that top spot from Hershey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both play the same teams. They, they both play Binghamton. They both play Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Um, and uh, Hershey, just two games left and uh, Lehigh Valley three left on their schedule. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how all that works out, of course. Um, but yeah, that, that Wednesday night game, I, the, the um, Cam York's goal was a really nice one. I uh, was on special teams, a little stretch, really nice stretch pass, pass from Tyson Forrester up to Cam York at the blue line. He gets a breakaway and just dances right in uh, and and puts it in the back of the net. In fact, they they chuckled afterwards and said that was actually a play that Scott Gordon had drawn up that they had messed around with in practice. And um, 
they said on the bench that, you know, Cam York just kind of looked at Forrester and said, you want, you want to try that play? And then they said, all right, let's give it a shot. And, uh, and it worked. So uh, good for them. Um, after that, however, they went to Hershey on Saturday and got blanked. Uh, Phoenix Copley was an absolute brick wall. Uh, they could not solve him no matter what they tried to do. Uh, Hershey played a very strong game. Phoenix Copley earning his 100th AHL win. Uh, and it was just total domination uh, by Hershey in that game, um, which kind of was the, oh, this them winning that game might might seal up the division for Hershey. But um, again, to be determined. Uh, and then on Sunday, on Mother's Day, they come back uh, to the PPL Center and uh, another really nice performance. They down the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. Uh, Brennan Saulnier with his, uh, I believe it's his first uh, AHL hat trick. Uh, first hat trick in the building since, I believe, Donick Martell had one in 2017. It's been a while since the Phantoms have had a hat trick at home uh, at the PPL Center. Uh, and he also had a fight towards the end of the game, too. So it was a, <laughs> it was a pretty exciting day for Brennan Saulnier. Um so, so yeah, the Phantoms kind of uh, all over the board. Uh, they play again uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and then they have uh, a game on Saturday and a game on Sunday. So uh, we will see how they end up, hoping that they'll end it uh, in, in strong fashion. Uh, they've been very entertaining to watch all season long. Flyers fans, uh, you know, the Phantoms have really fed the Flyers quite a bit this season. You think of all the the call-ups, you know, Bunneman was up and down for a while. Tanner Lazinski came up. Cam York came up. Wade Allison came up. Uh, Igor Zamula came up for a bit. Um, you know, there's been, there's been plenty of activity of guys who have been playing well for the Phantoms, got called up and either got a look or, or stayed uh, up with the NHL club, Rick. And I think, uh, that's exactly the kind of transitioning that you want to see between the AHL and the NHL throughout a season. Another great job by Scott Gordon. Absolutely. Uh, so we will have all of the coverage of that for you. Uh, remember to follow us at the Flyers Report and at the AHL Report. We'll keep you posted on all of those last few season games for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms as they finish up the 2020-21 season this week. Uh, and uh, we'll be sure to give you all the news about it and probably some uh, some audio about it uh, next week on next week's show as well. Uh, hear what uh, the guys have to say as they wrap their season. Um, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL. And who boy, has it been a drama fest around the American League uh, for the Eastern Conference this past week. Lots of news, lots of shakeups going on. And we've got all of it for you on the other side of this message. So don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. 
In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. One more time, I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, and I know we gave you some social media contacts in prior segments, but also let me tell you to follow us on Twitter for this podcast. You can follow us at the press zone. So be sure you're doing that. You can also find me at Flyers Rule, and you can find Rick at all Habs on Twitter. Now, in this segment, we go around the AHL, and who boy, there has been uh, plenty um, of news happening uh, in the past week or so. But first, before we get to that, we never fail to introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week. Uh, and this week, it is a, a, a kind of a familiar name uh, for the Ontario Reign. It is forward Alex Turcott. Um, three goals and three assists in the three games he played for the Reign last week, including his first pro hat trick. Um, tremendous, um, tremendous uh, week for the uh, former first round draft pick. Uh, just drafted a couple of years ago by L.A., fifth overall. Um, so far this season, he's got six goals and 15 assists in, in the 31 games played. So the 20-year-old is uh, is doing all right, Rick. He's uh, usually known as more of a, an, an exceptional uh, playmaker. But mm -hmm. uh, as you said, he, uh, he's got a great shot. So he, he also ended up with a hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, we know him from uh, University of Wisconsin, and uh, and there's also a family connection there. His dad, Alfie Turcott, uh, was also a first round pick, um, but uh, making making an impression, and he's had a, a real good season. Uh, Twenty one points in thirty one games for the Ontario Reign this season. Absolutely, the interesting thing in the uh, the AHL press release about it. So he scored that first pro hat trick on Sunday. Uh, that ended up being the third consecutive game in which a rain, an Ontario rain skater scored a hat trick. 
He had hat tricks in three right. consecutive games. That's pretty impressive. Very. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to Alex Turcott. Um, only going up from there. I think he's going to be a pretty exceptional uh, young player. So now we get to all of the drama of the last week. Um, things ha- are shaking up. The AHL is going to look different next year. There's just no two ways about it. Um, and these these first two pieces of news are things that we kind of knew were coming, but the announcements then officially got made. And I think the announcements probably got made sooner than was expected because so much of it was leaking and speculation and all of those types of things. So the first uh, the first thing that came out was the Vancouver Canucks making the official announcement that they are confirming their intent to move their AHL franchise out of Utica starting next season and move it to Abbotsford, British Columbia. Um, Abbotsford, of course, used to be the home of the former AHL team, the Abbotsford Heat, which is now the Stockton Heat. Um, Flames affiliate. The Flames affiliate. Uh, so Vancouver, you know, we we talked about this a couple of years ago, Rick, here on the podcast of as teams started to, to follow this trend of moving their AHL affiliates geographically closer to the NHL parent club to make uh, transactions a, a little easier would Vancouver pull the trigger on that? And at the time, the answer was no. They signed like a six-year contract extension uh, with with the affiliation in Utica. But the end of this season is the beginning of their opt-out in that contract. And it looks like they partic- – I, I, my guess is that the COVID – uh, situation and pandemic and quarantining and travel protocols is probably what really kind of sealed the deal on this one and really pushed them to to say, okay, we're we're going to pull out of Utica. Yeah, I th- I think that's absolutely right. That uh, th- distance was was an issue, but the trade off was uh, the Vancouver. Uh, management all, always said that the um, competitive environment um, of the of of having their affiliate in the east uh, they liked, and also the um, the hockey atmosphere because uh, Utica is a great great hockey town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 liked all of that for the development of their prospects. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were having to loan out uh, their prospects uh, this season uh, so that they could stay on the Canadian side of the border. And I think that um, that it just um, you know, given that that uh, we don't know if it, what's going to happen in the future, uh, it makes sense for their affiliate to be on the Canadian side of the border. Absolutely. So they will play at the Abbotsford Center uh, in Abbotsford, BC. They will not be the Abbotsford Comets. Uh, the Comets name uh, is trademarked by Robert Esch, who is the owner of the Utica AHL team. Uh, so he will retain those rights. So that means that the Abbotsford AHL team will have a new name, a new logo, a new look, um, and they will play in the Pacific Division. Um, so where does that leave Utica, you ask? Well... It's funny you should ask that because not long after that, the Devils made the New Jersey Devils made their own announcement that uh, they confirmed that they would indeed be relocating their franchise out of Binghamton, New York, 
and moving to Utica. So uh, with the Utica, with Robert S. retaining the trademark rights for the comets, it is likely that the that the Utica comets will remain, uh, but it will be a Devils organization now, not a Vancouver one. Um, and I think Rick, they're going to need a new paint job inside the arena. So comets are now red. Maybe that's more appropriate. Streaking <laughs> comets are red rather than green, and that's fine. Uh, Robert Ash, uh, we remember covering all his bases. Yes, he owns the trademark for the Comets, but he also took out one on uh, the Devils, the Utica Devils, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and secured some websites just in case. Uh, and that's kind of where the leaking start, where we got first inkling that there was going to be some movement in the AHL, and finally, as you said, confirmed uh, this past week. That's right. So whether they, they're the Utica Comets or they go back to being the Utica Devils, keep in mind, uh, New Jersey was uh, did have their affiliate in Utica before Vancouver was there, and they were the Utica Devils. So they could go back to that, um, but he has the option to keep them as the Comets as well. We'll see how all of that pans out. Uh, this is a 10-year partnership. Uh, so this is certainly um, both sides looking for a long-term uh, commitment to the city. Uh, this is all very good news for uh, the the Utica, the fans of hockey in Utica. As you say, it's a strong hockey community. Um, this isn't good news for Binghamton's fans, who are also very dedicated. Um, it's a smaller arena Um you know, it's it leaves things very up in the air. You know, what what does this mean for uh, the staff of the Binghamton Devils? Um, you know, we think of our 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 friend Rob Lapolis, who is the broadcaster and media manager there. You know, w- we imagine that some of those folks will will move to Utica uh, along with the franchise, but at this point, all of that is a big question mark. Um, and in, from what we understand from rumors circulating, is that uh, for now, for next season. Uh, Binghamton is possibly in talks with the ECHL on trying to bring a franchise to Binghamton so that they do have some sort of hockey um, at the arena next year. But we just don't know yet. And we remember it, it's, it's not so long ago that uh, Binghamton, as an AHL franchise, were they were the Binghamton Senators. Senators. Then mm-hmm. Binghamton, or the Senators, went to Belleville. Uh, the Albany Devils, uh, the Devils came to Binghamton. So every offseason there, there is this game of musical chairs, the music stops, and somebody is left without a team in this uh, this season. It's uh, the city of Binghamton. It is. Uh, it's, it's an unfortunate situation for Binghamton. They apparently did not know any of this was happening. Uh, and from from management of the the Binghamton Devils organization, it sounds to them that they feel that the the rug was pulled out from underneath them a little bit, uh, that they weren't involved in the conversation at all, uh, which is is an unfortunate part of the business. Um, but for the city of Utica, it'll be interesting to see uh, New Jersey take up residence there and uh, a whole new franchise starting back up in Abbots in Abbotsford. Um, and if you're a New York Islanders fan or a Bridgeport Sound Tigers fan, uh, you better get used to not calling them the Bridgeport Sound Tigers anymore because they've decided that um, this is the year they're just going to totally reinvent themselves. So the Bridgeport Sound Tigers are no more. Could there have been a longer tease for this? Yeah, they really they really <laughs> milked this on social media. Oh, my goodness. Um, they're now the Bridgeport Islanders. 
So the Captain Highliner uniforms. You probably still use it. I don't know. No. Uh, So the New York Islanders now have an Islanders AHL affiliate. It's a little weird because the last time I checked, Connecticut's not an island. Mm. So I'm not... I, I, don't, I don't really know why this was a necessary move. Um, what's most unfortunate to me is their logo design. Yeah, not Captain Highliner. It is. I'm sorry, but it is bad. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the Islanders color, colors. It's the blue and the orange and the, and the, and the white. But it's just, it's a B with a cir- in front of a circle. And the the long left side of the B is the is a hockey stick, and it's it looks like I don't know it looks like someone it looks like did the did they did like a community logo contest, and this is what the local yeah it's it's I don't know it's, it's just it's, it's juvenile it it really is it's, I, I don't like it you look for the long edge and you stick in a hockey stick uh, in in whatever the name of your team is I it's know. it's. As as much of the uh, criticism was online, um, you know, the, the, they said that beer league teams have better logos than this. It was it's it's a really amateurish kind of uh, effort um, for the logo. But here's what the Islanders have to say: the new Bridgeport Islanders logo features an iconic mark for the team's future. The strong letter B recognizes the great city of Bridgeport. The, par- the stick, which forms the letter B, has the parent New York logo as the tape on the blade. A subtle nod to the affiliation between the two clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ha- they said, you know, um, Chris Lamorello, who is the Bridgeport GM and the New York Islanders assistant GM, says having the Islanders name associated with Bridgeport creates a stronger tie between the NHL team and the top development team. Every time a player puts on the Bridgeport uniform, he will be putting on the identical uniform the NHL team wears, except for the new logo. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's uh, it's interesting. What I find um, a bit silly is if you try to go to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers website, it's gone. You can't. It's not there. It's like 404 not found. I don't know that they have done the Bridgeport Islanders website yet. So right now, Bridgeport, I don't think, this could be wrong since I checked it 48 hours ago, but right now, last time I checked, they don't have a website. Um, The other thing is that instead of taking the Bridgeport Sound Tigers Twitter account and all of their followers and just changing the handle, they created a whole new Twitter account. So they're starting over again, which doesn't make any sense to me. It's a little backwards. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. We'll see how that works out for them. Yeah, Uh, BridgeportIslanders.com. Oh, is it there? um, Forwards to WeAreAllIslanders.com. Ah, they see they've changed that in the last forty-eight hours. But so it means that the website is under under development. So. Like I apply, why not just wait till you have everything done later this summer and just unveil everything and have your website ready to go and just transfer your social media accounts so that you don't lose your follow. Like, I don't know. It makes me scratch my head sometimes. I don't know. That's, um, I think that's all of the AHL news that we have. I think that's enough for one week. Um, 
We do have a, a tremendous feel-good finale, though. We talked about hat tricks uh, with Alex Turcott. Hat tricks are pretty special, especially when it's when it's your first one. Uh, and recently, Tim Stutzla, the tremendous, phenomenal uh, prospect for the Ottawa Senators, uh, he recorded his first hat trick in the NHL recently. But of course, in Canada, there are no spectators in the building. Uh, and so, you know, there's been, you know, Cole Caulfield had his first NHL goal and there's no spectators in the building. You know, there, there's all, there's been plenty of firsts for guys in the NHL, particularly in Canada this season, uh, who have had their first, you know, whatever category it is happen without any fans in the building, which, which is just an unfortunate side effect of, of the COVID-19 pandemic. But, uh, Senators fans in Ottawa did not want Tim Stutzla to feel, um, underappreciated or miss out on things at all. And so there is a video circulating on social media. Brady Kachuk was actually, I, I think they roomed together, uh, was in on it and, and apparently told Stutzla, um, the, the, the kids from the neighborhood are want to do something. Well, the video is tremendous. There's a, there's <laughs> Tim Stutzla comes out of his second, the back, his second, I guess on the second floor of their, of their, condo has a deck on the back and so he comes out and stands on the deck and there's a big wooden fence in their backyard and on the other side of the fence as i don't know 15 local neighborhood kids hiding behind the fence and all of a sudden they all start chucking like 50 hats over the fence <laughs> All right. <laughs> and they just they must have had just bags and bags full of hats, all of these senators fans and a bunch of kids, and they're just chucking hats over the fence and over the fence. And you can see Stutzla laughing his head off and just giving them the thumbs up. They did not want Tim Stutzla to not have a true first hat trick. So they came to his house and they gave him his hat trick celebration. Which is pretty fun. Uh, now they might regret putting his address out there, but but <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in the what? it was in the backyard, so you okay, couldn't see right. what uh, you couldn't see what house number. That's really nice. I think it's pretty fun. I think it's pretty fun, and good for those uh, senators fans. Uh, he certainly won't forget that. That's for sure. Um, we don't want you to forget one single episode of the press zone. So Rick, the easiest way for people to do that is if they subscribe to the show. What is the fastest way for them to do that? Subscribe. Hit the subscribe link on whatever podcast app is your favorite and the one you're uh, listening to this podcast on. Or if you're listening on uh, our player, uh, it also has a uh, subscribe button. Just use that and you'll receive all of uh, uh, the the episodes as they're released. Absolutely. We're here every Tuesday. We don't want you to ever miss an episode of The Press Zone. And uh, of course, if you do, just head over to thepresszone.fm and you can go back. That's our full archive. If you miss an interview, a special guest, or if there's you just forgot to go listen to an episode, you can go back and do it there. We encourage you to do that. And we encourage you to join us again next Tuesday for another excellent episode of The Press Zone. It's, uh, it's going to be, uh, gosh, the AHL season will be wrapping up. The NHL season will be getting their playoffs underway. So we'll have plenty to talk about. We'll see you back here again next week. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.